welcome back to the Any Given Thursday podcast. Uh, the uh, legal team of Bloomquist and Brown is back with you here. Um, we finally, after this entire year, have our finalists in our two competitions. Um, the Europa League giants, Sevilla, take on uh, serial pretenders, Roma. Uh, meanwhile, in the Conference League, um, our two favorites advanced with uh, Fiorentina reaching the first club in Europe to reach fourth major yeah. final. Yes, yeah, so they've now reached the they reached Whatever the that final means. of the Champions League in 1957. Uh-huh. I think it was Cup Winners Cup in 1961. They won that, and they reached the Europa League final twice mm. uh, at different points, and now complete the collection of finals with a Conference League, although. Not a great track record in the others. Only one win in four attempts, but... And they'll be playing West Ham, who has reached their first European final since, like, 1957 or something. First time in 47 years. Uh, yeah. You know, Again, a little more recent like, than that, but yeah. It's hard not to... I don't... Since this is the competition we cover, I, I hate to uh, diminish their accomplishments, but we do need to, I think, differentiate between Absolutely. Uh, major finals and now this new Conference yeah. League thing, which is, like not something that existed obviously so it's like a little bit weird with records now how everybody is like yeah there it's the first time a swiss team has made the some you know all that stuff mm-hmm. um but it's and still with- a big accomplishment and these are good clubs to be in this competition because they're while they're not small clubs by any means they're small in terms of annual european stature mm-hmm. and uh West Ham, even we saw this year, really struggled to cope with two competitions, flirting with relegation for a bit. Um, but why don't we circle back to the Conference League and instead start uh, with the main event here, which is uh, the Europa League. Um, and no other place to start other than Sevilla's 2-1 defeat, um, or 2-1 uh, victory, I should say, over Juventus uh, 3-2 on aggregate. This went to extra time. Um, and was quite a dramatic affair. Um, from the very beginning, uh, Sevilla looked like they did in the first leg, mm-hmm. really pressuring Sevilla, or excuse me, Juventus, turning them over a lot. You were having trouble uh, differentiating yeah. these teams in right their now. own uh, in their own defensive half, and uh, not quite being able to punish them. It kind of played out in a similar way. Juve did settle into the game um, at various points and ended up having a decent number of chances themselves. In fact, out XG'd Sevilla technically. Yeah. Um, I think which may be misleading. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember who was on the broadcast, but the whoever was on the broadcast for Paramount said it pretty well where it's he said that all the pressure is in Sevilla's favor. All the flow of the game is in Sevilla's favor. They clearly have more chances, but Juventus probably have the better chances. At least in the first 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, I would say they had a couple of big, like had a couple of big ones. Minute. That was kind of how it was playing out. They had a couple of big ones, but they also didn't feel like they had any control of the game. And mm-hmm. they were very, very, very sloppy. In fact, the game itself as a whole both very sides sloppy. was pretty sloppy. It was it was intense. It was uh it was but it was also a little strung out. It felt like mm-hmm. there was like an air of desperation about it that was very entertaining, but also occasionally technically uh not super adept yeah um which but, is surprising given yeah. the quality of these teams but it's also not surprising given the quality kind of, of these teams yeah <laughs> well, i was gonna say the tenseness of the game itself mm-hmm. and it's just you know two teams that are known for being kind of shithousey 
and they had that on full display at times as it well. It definitely so played out in extra time. Mm -hmm. um, before that, there were only a few yellow cards dished out at all during the game. Only only I've... two by 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 the time regulation had ended, mm -hmm. which surprised us a bit. And then kind of shit started spiraling out of control a little bit in extra time. Um, basically, though, this was a game that featured a lot of a lot of turnovers in each other's opposition half, especially for Sevilla. A lot of attempts on target and like decent chances and half chances, but no goals. Nobody could really break through mm -hmm. um, all the way up until the 65th minute where uh, Dusan Vlaovic, who had literally just come on like a minute ago, less than a minute ago for Moise Keane, who got a surprise start. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't bad, but mm -hmm. another situation, Moise Keane had won off the post early and I don't, I might not have been that early, but it was in the first half. He had one off the post, and that mm -hmm. just was so reminiscent of Vlaovic playing yeah. for Juventus too. It's like, man, even when Juventus strikers play well, they still are lacking that last quality finish, and that still reared its head today. I thought, yeah, until Vlaovic came on mm -hmm. for Moyes and actually had a very deft finish. He received a ball from Rabio. Um, Bade has a really tough time with it. His body position is a mess. It just like. Mm -hmm ricochets off his leg without him really adjusting to it very strange defending um then Dusan just chips over the keeper mm -hmm. um and Juve looked like they had come to do their job <laughs> they were like somehow against all odds not going to concede yeah um well even... back to the Bobich goal I thought you yeah. typically did, did a good job throughout the day I thought this was one of the few mistakes he made because you know if you've done, watched tape on Vlaovic, which I assume Sevilla had done, you know he's going to go for a chip. He sure. loves a chip. He can't put that on the goalkeeper, but, though. That's, that's well, on he, body. He like, goes low to block it, too. Yeah. I mean, he drops his hands. He he's goes still low wide. Goal, like, so. You still, yeah. like, would favor the attacker in that mm -hmm. scenario. But it's I'd put that more on body than anybody oh, else. Overall, it's on body. Yeah. But I think Bunu could have done uh, a little better on that as well. And Just then, make uh, yourself a little bigger. And it looked like the kind of thing where, you know, Sevilla would have to it would get nervy for them. They'd be pushing deep into regulation, but it only took him six minutes to respond. And it was an absolute screamer from Suso um, who absolutely rifled it in the top yeah. corner over the outstretched arms of Chesney, who otherwise had a pretty good day, mm -hmm. made a couple of really big saves, including one off the goal line in the first half. Yeah. Um, Paul so, was probably three quarters over on that goal line one. Yeah. Well. He had an excellent but game. Couldn't stop um, this one. Which couldn't stop this one. I don't one. think any goalie in the world could have. It was yeah. A rocket into Unless the top you were left the, corner. Uh, uh, an elastic man. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Maybe able to save it. But yeah. even then, it might have taken his hand clean off. Could have. But, yeah, it was a classic Suso finish. You know, cuts in a little to his left and use just a curler with the left foot. You know it's what he's going to do. But mm -hmm. there are times when he does it, and doesn't matter how good the defense is. doesn't matter how good the goalkeeper is. Another substitute, should mention. Yeah. Um, it was the day of the substitutes here because um, after uh, neither team is able to find the winner in regulation, we go to a 30-minute extra time. It kind of looked like the type of game that might end up in penalties. Mm -hmm. But instead, again, uh, just five minutes into extra time, uh, another substitute, Eric Lamella, uh, is able to finish a cross from Brian Hill. And yes, one of them is owned by Tottenham and one of them formerly owned by Tottenham and they were traded for each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now they're both on Sevilla again <laughs> and making a final. Um, but it was a lovely little ball from Brian Hill who 
although he didn't have other than this moment didn't have the like the assist quality on a mm. he was it felt like he was in good areas of the pitch all the time and yeah. he ran like a maniac like mm. you could see why he why he started his energy level was really impressive at this point it's 95 minutes into his into his game man um, i was just checking his stats one yeah, not of good. seven successful dribbles not good but but that was like kind of said, that was kind was, of the vibe of the game. Yeah, he was in the repetition. He was also one of the keys I thought on their pressing. Yeah, uh, and that very energetic overall. I don't think it was a bad game, but the assist was a little icing on the cake. Yeah. And turned what I think that was kind of the vibe of the game. The the it was a there was a large element of chaos, lots of turnovers, lots mm-hmm. of incomplete passes. Yeah, lots of unsuccessful dribbles. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of um. But this little moment of quality, uh, for for. From Hill and Lamella ended up being the difference of the game because um Juve didn't really mount much of that. I mean, they they piled on some pressure late. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sevilla had to sort of hunker down and defend their box, particularly after Marcus Acuna somehow got it's a second yellow for time wasting. Yeah. <laughs> what um, an idiot. I know. <laughs> what a crazy way to get a red card. The ref, uh, I, which is like whatever it was five minutes for them to defend, but also he's gonna miss the final. <laughs> yeah, the ref Danny Makelli. He's Dutch, so I don't know if you know how to pronounce Makeli. Uh, I haven't heard about him before this game, but Makeli? he Makeli, I don't know. He clearly forgot that he'd already given Acuna <laughs> a yellow card because he puts his cards away, and then the, all the UV players are like, "What? Give him the red? Yeah. That's his second yellow. Give like, him the red." Oh, right. like, oh yeah, I guess so, I have to. Yeah, it's possible he wouldn't have gotten the second yellow I had doubt he remembered. It. I doubt it's a tough break but... for Acuna, but he's also kind of dumb. Yeah, uh, if you're the guy on a yellow, why are you? You shouldn't the one be the one doing that. Yeah. You? Someone else should be doing that for you. It was very Acuna y. Um, but yeah, other than like, you know, piling people in the box and putting in crosses, like mm-hmm. Juve's best chances seem to have gone in that second half of extra time. Um, and at that point, with uh, the crowd, the crowd was like in an absurd level the entire game. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, this is like their shit. They know what it takes to get their teams over the line here. And they were feverish for this one. They're fiending. Um, and they, at that point, it didn't really feel like there was any way for Juve to get back into it. Um, seemed the Europa League itself, um, the gods of the Europa League were now against them, um, and fully behind, uh, the winds of Sevilla, who know what, seem to know, no matter what players remain from their last <laughs> Europa yeah. League title, just seem to have it in their blood. Mm-hmm. Um, they just know how to re- hit these finals. Um, this is now their seventh, uh, Europa League final in 17 years and they've won the previous six (laughs) that they were in i think they haven't lost the final in the europa league i think it was something like every time they've made the quarterfinal or this it was either the quarterfinal or the semifinal over Mm -hmm. the last 17 years they've won the competition like it's pretty late they're gonna win it most teams would love to get to that many semifinals yeah let alone win that many finals yeah so and and yeah i think this played out pretty much how we would expect we thought it would be a bit of a battle mm-hmm. and that Sevilla would have you know enough of the wind behind them to see themselves over the line uh I think we both mentioned it was extra time wouldn't shock us um and yeah the, I mean I don't really have that much more to say it was a really entertaining game it was the best game of the day for mm-hmm. sure um I think um not necessarily like we said because of the like it wasn't like you know the highest quality performance from either side technically mm-hmm. um but no just and the energy level and the passion was pretty pretty engrossing yeah i think 
couple things I want to add to that as well is just Brian Heal playing as well as he did today and getting the assist. It's been really interesting to watch as he's grown into that Sevilla team because obviously in the fall couldn't really get a game for Tottenham. Goes to Sevilla's kind of thrown to the wolves. They're just like, all right, you're starting from Sevilla. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this time, yeah, at a team in a terrible spot, uh-huh. right? Who's down in the relegation zone, not playing well. They're just like, all right, you're back in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And he started super poorly as well when he first got there. And it just yeah, feels like every game yeah. you watch him, the whole team was poor. Yeah. But he's playing better and better and better as the team is playing better and better and better. Yeah. So it's been good to see him, especially in the Europa League. I feel like it's been mm-hmm. really. Uh, just clear his progress with the team this half of the season since he got back there. So that's been really good to see from him. And then Juventus, again, I think it's just questions about Allegri as well. Mm-hmm. It sounded like after the game that there were some issues with guys like Chiesa and Vlaovic who were upset they hadn't started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Di Maria's already supposedly really upset at him for reasons and yeah, there were reports leaking out apparently in the press a couple of weeks ago about they all hated Allegri that mm-hmm. we could neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just like I get wanting to play Ealing Jr. in yeah. this game, but when you're starting left, Kostic didn't even get in. He Kostic got an 86. 86 minutes. Yeah, that's too late. That's too late to be making that kind of sub. That's late. Uh, that should have happened after the Suso goal. Mm-hmm. You should have been making yeah, those agree. two subs, the Moretti and Kostic coming on. Yeah. Um, also saw Fagioli mm-hmm. get injured. It sounds like it's a broken collarbone. That's tough. Which is really tough. He's still pretty young. Yeah, 22. So hopefully he can bounce back through that. And Paredes is just not very good. Yeah. But, I will, if I was to play devil's advocate, not that I necessarily agree with that, I would say in Allegri's defense today, he brought on Chiesa and Vlavic at the same time in the 64th minute, and they scored less than a minute later. Yeah. And then if Imagine you're if you're a classic Juventus team, you're like, great, we just grabbed the lead away. Mm-hmm. We're not going to concede. Yeah. And then they conceded from, like, an improbable shot. So, well, Sevilla was definitely good for the goal and, frankly, deserved to win the game based mm-hmm. on the balance of play and the number, just the sure number of chances they created. Yeah. Um, you know the the goal the, the the ball off the goal line. I think they hit the post. Like they just a lot a lot of stuff going for him. Um, yeah, I don't. They think... they like if that doesn't happen, I feel like Allegri's argument is you know mm-hmm. we were a Juventus. We hold out for twenty more minutes, yeah. which I'm not sure would have happened. But um, that's just the devil's advocate's take. I don't necessarily disagree with starting Keane over Vlaovic because he offers a lot in interplay with. You know the midfield and dropping back a little deeper. He can. He's a much better presser. Mm-hmm. He is quicker, and so he's going to push the line a little bit, give you more space in the midfield when you need him to. Then Bob, which is going to, who's just like straight out and out number nine, just have him near the box, right? But when you have the quality of players like Moretti, Kostic, Chiesa on your bench, yeah, and you're starting, I think Moretti's better than Fagioli. Some people might disagree with me on that, but whatever. But like Ealing Junior is just not better than Kostic. And this is all you had to play for. You On paper, up. it was a pretty unremarkable lineup. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd You've say, I'd say, place, yeah, but not focused. Regards of Keen, like Keen had those, you know, final third issues <laughs> that we've seen a lot from Juve this season. Yeah, he did at least look dangerous in transition. Like he mm-hmm. looked like his speed and power looked like a thing that was throwing off the back line. Yeah, of Sevilla a little bit. Um, whereas they had a pretty easy time with Vlavic the week before, mm-hmm. um, even though Vlavic is obviously more talented. Yeah. And Di Maria, it's like, 
Should Chiesa start today? Yes, probably. He's their best probably, player. Yes. Uh, Di Maria, the only defense there is that Di Maria has had a really good Europa League. He has. Um, he wasn't great. It wasn't much of a difference maker today, but he has had like moments of brilliance in the knockouts. So, you know, I don't know. I'd still rather have Chiesa in there and have Di Maria off the bench, I think, for a spurt yeah, of energy deep into the game. That's my personal preference, but yeah, I don't know. This might be kind of a moot point at this stage, but... If they eventually switch to like a three four two one mm-hmm. with Keen and Chiesa behind Vlaovic, I know that's super heavy on the attacking, but those are two guys who can play both centrally and wide. I do wonder Keen what. Behind. Yeah, is that a is that can he play wide? He can play wide. He's played wing for mm-hmm. Italy on the national team when he was first. Coming I haven't through. really seen him uh, yeah. in that he was, position, so I don't know. He was playing on the right wing for Italy yeah. when I he never know what to make of the him. national team. So I don't know what to make of him. Like, I don't know if I'd hate to see that. He couldn't even get in the Everton team a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. with under and Ancelotti, so they sent him out for a reason. Like yeah. they got rid of him for a reason, and then they yeah. brought him back mostly for registration purposes. Yeah. So um, it's a he's a weird. Again, player. it's not the strongest Juve roster of all time. No, it's not. Uh, they're in a weird transitional phase. Um, where they with guys like Di Maria and Quadrado, and like and you know uh, Benucci aging out, mm-hmm. and guys like you know Fagioli and Moretti and etc. Like on the young end, Illing Junior kind of entering the team, and then you have Chiesa and Vlaovic who should be the stars but haven't either have fitness issues or haven't performed like the stars they yeah. should be. It's like a weird, it's a weird mix of players that. And a couple transfers is absolutely nailed. Kostic and Bremer, two of the best transfers over the last couple of years. Vlaovic so might well pay off. Any team in Syria? Yeah. yeah. Vlaovic, when he first came last year, incredible. He'll probably still pay off. He's still I, like a really, yeah. maybe under a better manager. Even, <laughs> even when he's not good, mm-hmm. he's still not like a bad striker for this level. Like I swear if Partey goes back to Juve, look out for Vlaovic well, yeah. next season. Yeah. But like they have missed on a few others. Like notably the Pogba one was really bad. Well, yeah, um, but he can't, only because he can't hasn't played. A, he hasn't started a single game for Juve that he hasn't that he's lasted more than twenty minutes. <laughs> so, Paredes was not good. Keen's a lot of money for a guy that is just like your third striker at this yeah. point. So now that Chiesa is kind of playing up there yeah. a little bit as well, uh, Milik wasn't that useful of an addition. But anyway, we say good readings to Juve mm-hmm. and uh, Sevilla marches on as they always do. As they do. Um, the other tie was not quite so exciting. No, it was the opposite of exciting. <laughs> uh, finished nil-nil, Roma advancing 1-0 on aggregate. Obviously, making the rounds on social media and in the, and, and in the press and all that is that Roma managed all of one single shot mm-hmm. in this game. It was not on target, uh, and it uh, added up to a total of 0.04 XG. You know what minute it was in? Uh, it was early. The second The minute. second minute. <laughs> the second minute. Uh, and then they, they did played, not have a shot for over 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they played till the 98th, I think, of... Yeah, so the 48th and then the Can 98th. Imagine going so. 96 minutes without a okay. shot. I feel like he had one player on the pitch. You could manage that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Leverkusen smashed 23 shots uh, in Rui Patricio's direction, but very few of them were really threatening. The Sort of our fears for them about their experience and youth came to fruition, um, they just didn't look like they could handle the low block and shithousery that we all knew was coming and they should have known was coming. Um, and they just didn't manage a lot of big chances, did they? They had trouble getting into the box yet again. Um, and you could see if you just look at the, um, you know, the stats page, you could see 
based on the number of yellow cards they had after the 90th minute that mm. that they just weren't it was wasn't going to happen for them they didn't know what to do um yeah by the time they were getting hacked down and dealing with the time wasting that was like all time time wasting from Rome. it was, it was great it was it was so obnoxious time wasting it was all time obnoxious clap uh, it was Tammy really Abraham bad after dude. he stayed down after getting fouled. It was really bad. Uh, but it's they probably played like two minutes of those eight in extra time. Uh, but, but was in play for a total of fifty four minutes. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. But the way like you know Diaby got a yellow, Tabsoba got a red, yellow, Xabi Alonso got a yellow on the side left. They just didn't. They weren't prepared to cope with that, and it was sort of a lesson for, um, a young team on the ups. I think who maybe this was a step too far yeah i do think even some of the more experienced players need to be a little criticized for the way they handled it notably palacios sure you know he almost got a red card <laughs> like he was really teetering on the edge with trying to get in every roman player's face starting like the 70th minute he's only 24 though yeah see only 24 I thought yeah. like 26 yeah they javi lonzo eventually took him off probably yeah. fearing that um but, but that's also but you know when in terms of veterans uh Dardar Asmoon started today up top instead of Lozik. Mm-hmm. um and he's 28 he didn't have a very good game he missed arguably their biggest chance of the game Dragging wide, yeah. which isn't like you should absolutely score that, but it's like you should probably put at least put yeah, that on target. Put on target, yeah. But it was, you could see yeah. he was trying to put in the bottom. See what he was doing, and yeah. Just outside it's of forgivable, it. but given but, like, but that that's like one of those big game player type Gareth Bale situations where you're, yeah. especially because even though Patricio was making yeah. saves, he was still a little bit like mm-hmm. he was good overall because he made all the saves and he kept a clean sheet. But there were times where he didn't catch the ball when maybe you thought he could have caught the ball or he yeah. spilled it into a kind of dangerous spot. But Roma's back line were always ready to clear the ball when that was the situation. Yeah. And one of the, uh, yeah, one of Leverkusen's something that you didn't think would be a weakness for them going into the season ended up biting them in the ass, which is sort of the number nine position didn't really, they, they sort of needed like a classic Tammy mm-hmm. Abraham target man to sort of stir yeah. things up, I think today. And as moon, isn't that guy, obviously, um, you know, Hlozik's been good in this competition, but he's 20 and been out of form and hasn't been scoring that much recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Patrick Schick hasn't been healthy in six years. So. Yeah. And he's like, he would have been the perfect profile for this tie, for this. you know? Yeah, as been his size, but he's not great at using it. And it just kind of didn't work well for them today. Yeah. They really needed Schick in this tie, um, but he's out for the rest of the season, like the second injury this year. It just wasn't... Uh, just wasn't going to happen for him. And I kind of think we kind of saw that coming from a mile away. Um, yeah. Roma did their shtick. Um, the only, yeah, the only thing of note, I think, of the Roma team is that Spinazzola did come off injured in the first half. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any. Zulewski did a fine job replacing him. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everyone just sort of put in a shift, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a ton to say about it, to be honest. I think... Uh, looking on to the final, that is going to be like an all-time battle of petty, <laughs> diff- like yeah. shithousery. Um, <laughs> and I'm curious to see how that plays out. Okay. Uh, yeah, Spinazzola suffered a just a slight muscular injury, so it sounds like he'll be fine. He probably, uh, uh, I don't think they've played yet this weekend but he'll probably not play over the weekend and might be ready for the final. Yeah. It should be an interesting balance of like the Sevilla 
magic in the competition and the Roma magic of refusing to play any football, but still, yeah. <laughs> still so winning. Um, or getting, which is weird because I feel getting, like, like they oscillate between not playing football and getting like 30 chances in a row <laughs> and not scoring any. That of was them. them in the first half of the season. It seemed like they were actually like really loose defensively and actually did some exciting shit. Mm. And now it's now they're just like molded in a classical Jose moving Italian mold. You're moving into the knockout stages. And I think it's Jose knows how to Mm -hmm. play knockout football. It's why I would love to see him be a national team manager for a little bit. Yeah. And please don't please don't ruin another Portuguese national team. (laughs) I just had to watch Portugal suck for you. I mean, I fuck Portugal, but also would he not make sense as the Italy national team head coach? He would would hire a non-Italian. God, but didn't you enjoy when they played good football for like a year? Wasn't that fun? Yeah. And then we missed the World Cup. (laughs) No. (laughs) Again. Um. Yeah, but you know, they he stuck up to the two target men again. Mm-hmm. Like, I also and he what can what percentage of halftime for midfielder? So he was basically playing a five four one by the end. It's so annoying. Yeah, or I guess one. Uh, one you want to call? They only completed half. they. So yeah, total passes. Uh, Leverkusen six hundred and twenty one to Roma's two hundred fifty three. Accurate passes five hundred forty three to one fifty five. That percentage, uh, 80% completion rate for Leverkusen, 61 for Roma. That is yeah. very low. <laughs> That's very low. Um, but, you know, they played some long balls. and <laughs> yeah. uh, They played basically as many long balls as Leverkusen, even though they had only 28% of the ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the nine interceptions, eight blocks, 29 clearances – Leverkusen's four, <laughs> yeah. six saves. You know, it's not a, uh, it's not surprising they won more of the duels all over the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, uh, none of this is surprising. And I know we're just talking about this, and it's like, oh wow, you're listening to these stats, you're and everything. It's like, oh, Leverkusen should have easily won this game. It's not how that works, but though. it's not how it works. We don't have football works. Leverkusen didn't have a single chance that would be classified as like a. Big they had chance. no big chances, yeah, because they couldn't. I mean, it was a, it's frustrating as a neutral and as a Jose hater. Mm-hmm. To be like to because you want us because we know what this team is capable of. Yeah, we've seen them. We've seen play them play awesome yeah. stuff, and all their kids get off on one another, getting a big orgy pile of footballing brilliance. But uh, yeah. they, but uh, the the question that needed answering from them in this tie was that we po- posed was would they be able to figure out how to beat the lowest possible block mm-hmm. coming from a league where teams don't really play like that. And if they do, they're the worst teams in the league mm-hmm. and they don't have much of a chance anyway. But if you have a bunch of capable players at this level yeah. um, playing in, in this like ultimate Jose mold, it's uh, mm-hmm. it takes a certain level of experience and like uh, creativity and quality thinking outside yeah. the box and also keeping your temperament level for a lot 180 minutes which is not easy not easy. when you're being frustrated constantly yeah and um, roma do have very talented defenders who are going to be capable of frustrating you mm-hmm. like you mentioned i mean chris Sante is one of the best defensive-minded midfielders in the world at this point at doing like the defensive work and he, Montic, didn't, and he played in the back three and he played in the back three which is <laughs> yeah. why playing in the back three translates so well right uh-huh. mancini we know how great he can be mm-hmm. as long as he doesn't do something really stupid abanez was good today which is Rare, rare thing <laughs> yeah um, interesting but... smalling maybe smalling wasn't totally fit for yes, 90 was not he came off the bench um and they threw another defender i think yeah. i we think should... he came in for as a back as a back four i think they played like a 
Yeah, you're yeah, right. They played like a four or five one back four. Yeah, at the end. So in the it was basically a a six three one. <laughs> really, I think it was really like a three two, and then because Cristante stepped a little forward uh, next to Matic, and was, then Bove moved wider. And uh, okay. I've seen Jose's six three one blocks plenty yeah. when he was the top so, manager. Yeah, I know like how a, that works. Like a three four, the six three one. Yeah. <laughs> I know how that works. Yeah. Um, but we should also say that they did this whole tie without arguably their two best players in Smalling and Dybala and without Stefano Charway, who's been a really key piece for them all season. Yeah, no, Dybala is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, Dybala is um, definitely their best player. Smalling might be and far and away. Yeah, Smalling might be their second player. Could be Cristante. God, what uh, a world. Could be Spinazzola, but yeah, just overall. What a world where a European final is second best player is Chris Smalling. Um, I mean, that was true when you so were we'll, in the uh, League Finals. We'll... Uh, can have been true. They it's had really Slotan good. and Pogba on that team. And... I totally forgot Slotan. Slotan was better. Uh, <laughs> Smalling was pretty good back then too. But anyway, that's something to that's something to revisit. Yeah. Um, but for now, uh, we're gonna. I think we should save the huge breakdown of the final for our preview pod. Absolutely, but we coming up soon. Give the timing of the final, indeed, which will be March. 31st so before the end of the season for all these teams for some get me started really we'll bitch about that in the region. preview it's at the Puskas arena in hungary also a terrible choice budapest right? yeah let's just yeah. go and support the government which is like horribly homophobic and yeah partially fascist mm-hmm. um, and there won't be that many fans from the teams because UEFA only gave them i think 20 percent yeah the they'd rather each. they'd rather a bunch of uh, homophobic and racist hungarians be in the crowd yeah have they announced the uh Referee. Not all, not all Hungarians are homophobic and racist. Just but half most of, them. of UEFA's. <laughs> just half of probably them. are. Yeah, it's half of Hungary. Um, no, it's twenty twenty two. It looks like they haven't announced the referee, the ref for the final. I can't yet. believe they're giving them Budapest finals at, after all the shit that, well, that, that we've dealt with. Yeah, with games played Europe, like especially international games played in Hungary the last three or four years. Yeah, it's really a silly. despicable choice. Um, but let's move on to the Europa Conference League, a much more likable competition. Absolutely. Um, just with a bunch of good old boys, good old underdog boys. boys. Um, first, yeah. we'll start with the with with a thriller in Switzerland, where Fiorentina comes from behind multiple times yeah, in the an, tie. What an underdog story to win four three on aggregate, three one on the day after extra time. This one looks certain to go to penalties as well, mm-hmm. but. A uh, 129th minute winner from Badak, which isn't quite as crazy as it sounds because there was a 10 minute delay uh, for an injured fan. Yeah, Fiorentina fan suffered a, I believe it was cardiac arrest, but they are apparently in stable condition. So mm-hmm. everything seems to be fine. Right. So and the game went. We can talk about the game without. Like, yeah, the game. Pro- so that was the equivalent of being like the 119th minute, which is still deep. It's still very still deep. Very deep. Yes. Um, very dramatic. Um, Fiorentina, this game also played out in about the way we'd expect, where Fiorentina come at you hard. <laughs> They're like, we need to score. And uh, so they came at them hard. Yeah. Uh, and Nico Gonzalez, I just burped, who's been really fantastic when healthy for them this season. Yeah. And in this competition, scored in the 35th minute um, header from uh, Baragi assist. Uh, to level up the tie. Um, and it looked to be continuing to trend on that direction. Fiorentina piling on the pressure, piling on the pressure. Basel respond after the break um, through Conference League uh, 
golden boot candidate yeah leads the leads the competition in goals with this one makes it seven from Zeki Ad uh, um and it, it was a bit classic again Fiorentina just sort of caught not finishing chances yeah and that, getting beat down the other end <laughs> yeah that goal tied him with Cabral for mm. the lead Jovic is also second with six Antonio yeah 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 six as well but we'll get to yeah we'll see what happens that there. run in later um but their uh, they're retaking the lead in the tie only lasted 17 minutes. 72nd, Nico Gonzalez back on the double. Um, puts them back up 2-1. Um, and at that point, Basel look all but dead and toast. No way they can hold out. But somehow, they managed 20 more minutes of regulation to push the competition into extra time. And at that point, um, you know, except for like a fluke thing, they're basically playing for penalties. Um, they don't obviously don't have the squad depth that Fiorentina has. We saw that when they rotated and lost six one to Saint Gallen over the weekend. Um, and Fiorentina in total put up almost a four and a half xG according to Fotmob here. Um, eight big chances. Eight big chances. So many. <laughs> a lot of those, to be fair, a lot of those came in extra time, which was all Fiorentina. It was the whole time was just the ball in. The box. Yeah, we got a we shout out Marwin Hits in goal. Um, who for Basel, who I was never impressed with at Dortmund, mm-hmm. uh, but actually had some really big moments. Really big, moments. big saves. Uh, Fiorentina hit the post a couple of times. I think. Yeah. Um, it was just it was it was pretty hectic. We should also say Basel scored early too, right? And then it was offsides. Yes. Yes. Uh, so they definitely knew what they were doing and knew what style of play they wanted to. Mm-hmm. To play today, and it almost came off for them, but yeah, once he got tired and got into extra time, yeah, it was always going to go Fiorentina. Say, so, uh, Fiorentina collected four yellow cards between the 89th and the 104th minute, yeah. Um, and then another one by Badak in the 120th plus 10. That was for minute. taking his shirt off, yeah. to be fair, yeah, yeah. Um, and but eventually, um, in that hundred after that weird stoppage of play and play resumes, they did, as we mentioned, Badak does get that winner. And it's Basel will be kicking themselves because it's a, a ball from um you know across that sort of bounces its way around mm-hmm. um and eventually um finds its way to a wide open Badak after a couple of deflections who who pokes at home past hits um and I don't know I don't know how much to criticize them because it's like you know you played 120 minutes your legs are dead. Uh, yeah. And it was just there was an element of and luck. Mark was a fresh sub who there was an element of luck to it because of all the deflections and it wasn't like it was like a just a breakdown mm-hmm. in defense necessarily. But also, if you've come that far, it's devastating not to be able to clear your lines um, in that situation and give yourself a home penalty shootout in front of. A crowd that was really raucous all game rolled out the coolest tifo of the day. Oh, it was so cool! Um, enormous. Yeah, feel like a whole a whole hor- a stand, but like a horizontal, horizontal stand. stand. Yeah, very impressive. There was a dragon on it, which is always cool. Yeah, it was pretty badass. Um, but the Basil just never had quite had enough to see this one through. Um, and Fiorentina, of course, are rightful winners, um, based on quality. But um, Basil was not far off. From giving them the business here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should. I do think it was interesting that Vogel only used three of his subs. Because mm-hmm. you get to extra time. Could have used six. 
Yeah. Like he had opportunities to use more players and maybe yeah, but like save some of those legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not many or it I I understand that the depth on Basel is not the level of the yeah. other teams in this competition, given the finances that they have to deal with. Suppose he just didn't trust anybody. Yeah. And they have a really young bench. There are only like three guys over 20 yeah. on the entire bench. Yeah, they all got rocked on the weekend before. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can understand the reluctance to use them, but I think once you got to extra time, yeah. we saw that they just needed fresh legs out there. Yeah. Like they look tired. But yeah. Overall, really, really impressive tournament from Basel. Yeah, you gotta say, especially from what we've seen from them in the league, they've completely blown away our expectations mm-hmm. um and Fiorentina are weird on because I'm like yes they should have like other than Braga they haven't really played very high-end competition relative to teams that are you know available to face and the, like they've drawn some you'd think they'd have some good draws in the last couple of rounds they got yeah. Lech probably the weakest team in the quarterfinals and they got Basel probably the weakest team in the semifinals yeah. And they almost blew both. <laughs> um, and this on the other hand, the eye test is usually pretty good with them. Like they play yeah. good stuff, they look creative, they score goals, and they look like the favorite. And then you look up, and they're only narrowly advancing past Leck and, and Basel by one goal each. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know quite know what to make of them in a one-off in the final, where you know. In the last two, they've, they've sort of had the the the, the comfort of uh, of an extra leg to clean up their errors, or in the Le- Lex case, like fix them and they, I mean, build enough of a cushion that it didn't end up mattering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the final could be a blowout either way, just because of Fiorentina's inconsistency in that. I think so. Point, but I think if it's a blowout, I think Fiorentina win by three. Yeah. I don't think West Ham can blow Fiorentina out because even if. West Ham catch them on the break a couple of times. Fiorentina very capable of rifling in a couple goals. Yeah, I think that might actually be the most interesting scenario for the game. Is West Ham's up like two nil or something mm. in the sixtieth, and, and starts... Fiorentina have thirty minutes to barrage the goal. Yeah, we are kind of blowing our load a little bit. Yeah, we and are spoiling that West Ham did finish a job against AZ, but pretty you pretty the comfortably for Fiorentina, and yeah. I feel like West Ham have almost always failed the eye test. I in thought these games, even when I they're didn't like, think so. I didn't think so in this this tie actually. Yeah, I was thinking more in the group stage. Yeah, and then even against AK, where they won both times three nil. Yeah, but it didn't feel it wasn't like impressive. It wasn't an impressive. This is the first tie I felt like they really like outclassed someone, like really kind of yeah. dominated. Yeah, and looked professional. Like uh, so, last we you listeners may remember that they made the semifinal of the uh, Europa League last year. Um, whoops. Sorry, folks. They were looking really good uh, in the league, too. They finished sixth. Um, or, excuse me, they finished seventh. But they had yeah, come off fine. a year of finishing sixth. Um, and it was the best West Ham team we'd seen in decades. Yeah. Um, and the, they came into the Frankfurt tie in the semifinals as favorites. Um, not just because they were English, but because Frankfurt was a little bit of a lesser-known commodity and also, like, weren't necessarily any more impressive than the league that yeah, West Ham was. Yeah, not been that No, they hadn't been a until... they hadn't been a regular European presence nor had West Ham, but West Ham had just come off these two years yeah. of, I, like, of being top 7 in the Premier League. And so, Frankfurt probably had a bigger pedigree as a club than mm-hmm. West Ham just 
but not recently. I mean, yeah. recently that Frankfurt had. You say on paper those squads were pretty even Europe. too. They weren't great in the Bundesliga yeah. that year. But. but West Ham got completely outplayed mm-hmm. um, on pretty much every level, including losing 2-1 at home in the first leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think they do seem, even though they've had a messy year with squad integration and whatever, they do seem like they've learned some lessons at this sort of stage. Yeah. Obviously a step down from the Europa League, but mm-hmm. uh, they had AZ, AZ come in in that first leg. And even though AZ went up 1-0 on a bit of a fluke long-distance shot, mm-hmm. um, they sort of kept at it and 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 kept consistency um and probably should have won more than 2-1. Mm-hmm. Um we talked about in the preview for this we were maybe concerned about how they'd respond to conceding or whatever if they'd be able to keep AZ off at a place they've been really good at home um in the Netherlands all all competition but it, AZ didn't have a fucking kick in this game like no. it was a really professional performance is mm-hmm. the is the buzzword you'd probably use there like they didn't really allow much of anything they had uh, alkmaar had two shots on target mm-hmm. they only had 12 total shots which when you're down by one goal yeah you think you'd tie, be you think you'd be peppering yeah. the goal but, but yeah this west ham team when they do sit back and just play for the counter which mm-hmm. we saw the last couple years that mm-hmm. moise had been doing with them and then kind of moved away from this year they're still super dangerous and really really capable of playing in that defensive first counter style of football yep. that got them into these competitions in the first place. Mm-hmm. So them going back to them, I think it makes sense that we're seeing them able to put in these performances yeah. and just completely frustrate teams. And they've really locked into a, a best 11 too, which has been a problem for them all season mm-hmm. is like not being able to figure out who like the best combination of people for one big game, you know? Yeah. And with this lineup, um, especially at the top in the front four or the front or really the midfield too, like, uh, Paqueta is like just a huge advantage for them that wasn't present last year. Mm-hmm. Like he is such a quality player yeah. and better than they deserve. Yeah. Uh, for a team that's like fifteenth in the league. Yeah. Even uh, though I do push back sometimes on the quality of Paqueta, I think because great. I still just have distinct memories of him being awful for Milan at times. The creativity he's he provides really to them yeah. in situations where they were a team last year that would get stuck in playing certain ways mm-hmm. and sometimes not able to come up. Yeah, with those unique solutions, mm-hmm. and now they have that in Paqueta. They have like this. Where yeah, it's they have. Just... They've only just added another match winner. Yeah. Um, and they have their their form is turned around at the right time. Like with guys like Antonio and Jared Bowen have had really on and off years mm-hmm. where their form has dipped considerably to the last two years, where Jared Bowen was like you know making England team like was in the conversation for the World Cup. Yeah, which he didn't quite make, but even that fact alone. Um, but now he's back and looking like near his peak. Antonio's back and looking near his peak. Yeah, Paquette does really, really good. Well. Declan Rice looks as good as he's looked ever. <laughs> like and I, I personally, like, well, well, around February, I know you're not a huge I was Declan like, Rice guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not a huge Declan Rice fan, but around February, I was like, oh, this guy. Should Arsenal like, pay 100,000 million for him? No. no. But is he, I think he's quite good. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, around February, I was starting to think like, okay, this guy shouldn't even be considered for a top six yeah. club. I think, he's, I think now he's I'm like, good. you have to sign. Yeah, I mean, he's still, and he's still their star man. Like, he had another great game today. Yeah, if you're um, a team at the top six right now and you need a midfielder, I mean, he's still, and especially he's the guy, when he's playing last season, yeah. I think he's back in that conversation. And he's the guy that, in transition, which would be a concern for Fiorentina, mm-hmm. if they get caught with their high line, he's the guy that's going to, that is really good at ball progression, at these, like, big carries up the pitch. Yeah. And spraying it out to somebody dangerous like Ben Rama and Bowen, it ends up at Antonio's head, mm-hmm. and you're down. 
Um, so I thought just not too much to say about this, but I thought it was like a, a, a calm, articulate, composed performance. Um, and West Ham thoroughly deserved the 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 two leg victory. Um, and I guess selfishly for our purposes, um, for what we're doing here, this is the kind of the ideal final because mm-hmm. storylines are good. It's better. The quality is as good as it, we could have hoped for. Yeah. I think. I think these were um, the two best teams coming into this competition. Obviously, other than Lazio, Lazio, and, but they dropped down. Oh, Villarreal, Braga, were originally in this Villarreal. I think Fiorentina proved that they're substantially better than Braga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Braga are solid though. You know. Yeah, but I mean, Villarreal's uh, fifth in La Liga, so yeah. it's still kind of a shocker. I, 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 I forgot yeah. Villarreal were in the competition given yeah. how early they went out. But, kind of wild. Yeah, I wasn't kind of Lazio because they originally dropped down oh. and weren't expected okay. to be a team that dropped down. Yeah, so Villarreal like, were the favorites in the, from yeah, the beginning. It's not like we could have predicted a Lazio yeah. final at the start. But yeah, if, if you, Villarreal were in the final right now, they'd be big favorites. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 But if you told us this was the final at the start of the year, I uh-huh. think everybody would have been like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like West Ham or Fiorentina could beat Villarreal in a semi. But yeah, these are two very deserving teams to make the final. There's and- a good case scenario for us. Um, it should be an exciting tactical battle. Mm. Uh, a lot of quality players on both sides. Um, this is a, yeah, this is a this is and and two clubs not accustomed to winning anything. Like no, like yes, Roma hadn't won anything in a while last year, but they're not. But they're you know the stature of their club is incomparable to these two clubs frankly yeah. and Roma's stature is not as accompanied by trophies as maybe it should be yeah but Fiorentina haven't won a trophy yeah since 2001 yeah right which was the Coppa Italia West Ham I have a cup win in there right god I have no idea I think they do I don't remember uh, I don't but yeah the, but... for the this is the joy of the conference league is that this is kind of like the purpose of it you know mm-hmm. for for teams like like these who are you know they're not, you know, new to, uh. You you know they're famous and old and have lots of history. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. But they just don't. But they're just not uh, used to the a stage like this where they get to say they're playing in a European final. So it's a nice story for both. Um, it's probably a toss up who can win. Um, I mean, people. I know not everyone's a fan of like you know, East London, West Ham fans, but I feel like these teams are fairly likable. Um, was West Ham's last trophy in 1980? Oh, very possible. I mean, not counting the Intertoto Cup. Yeah. How can you not count the Intertoto Cup? I know, I should. Yeah. No, it's that's very possible. Jesus. Wow, that's crazy to me. Because they lost the FA Cup final a couple times in that, or 05, 06, they lost... That's Not tough. Like they just don't make finals. Yeah, that's well, the, crazy. Yeah. They've never been. I mean, they're more likely to be in the bottom half of the Premier League than the top half in the yeah. last. Two and they came up both though. times through the playoffs, which yeah. I forgot. I didn't realize they didn't win. Oh, really? The championship five of those times. Really? Yeah. So man, it's been a long time for West Ham. Yeah, Jeez, I did not realize that. So this is basically that is all to say this is a big deal, a really big deal for both these clubs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's gonna be fun. We have. Yeah, you know, whole... the per in the Europa League, we have perennial Europa League winners and uh versus a team that won a one of these trophies last year. Mm-hmm. And then the conference league is like the total opposite. Uh yeah. two teams that haven't won in forever. Yeah, who it'll be a huge deal for. Um, and that's kind of what we want. Combined one trophy this millennium between yeah. the two of them. That's what we want. Yeah. That's what we want out of the conference league, and we're getting and it. The tournament as a whole, I think, did a great job of 
doing what you want the conference league to do. It's two teams that are, albeit from top five leagues, but that don't win a ton of trophies, having a chance to win a trophy. Mm -hmm. You had great stories in Cinderella runs like Basel. You had breakout stars like Gift Orban coming through. Mikkel Ishak leading Lech Poznan into a quarterfinals. Like, we had yeah, we had a lot more under uh, underdog stories than I think even last year in the conference league, where yeah. the semifinalists were Roma, who you know hadn't won a cup in a while, but are Roma, Leicester, who are Leicester, but did win a Premier League and uh and a uh FA Cup in yeah. the last six years, uh seven years, uh Marseille, who are the second biggest team in France, yeah, <laughs> and, and have, a, have won a Champions League, yeah, and uh, they shouldn't be allowed to claim that given that yeah. they were caught cheating and relegated from league on that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't understand why UEFA is just like, oh, I'm sure that didn't impact the Champions League at all. And uh, and Feyenoord, who, you know, are only the third biggest team in the Netherlands, but have a lot of history at least. Yeah, and um, have won trophies before. Like sure. it's not like and won the been... league this year. Yeah. Um so yeah, this is a this was a quite a different lineup of semifinalists mm-hmm. than we got uh in the in the inaugural competition last year. Mm-hmm. And I think this gone just about as as perfectly as as you'd want, and we're well poised for two exciting finals. Um, yeah. I don't know if you wanted to mention the uh, anything that happened at the with the fans. Oh the, yeah, we probably should mention that. Yeah. the West Ham game very much marred at the end by fan incidents. A very very large group of AZ fans apparently decided that they were not happy that West Ham had won, and wanted to go and attack their fan section. Uh, at least provoke <laughs> yes uh and obviously it's West the Ham optimistic fan, way of putting yeah, it the west ham players some of their family members were in that section as well so they got into it with the um kind of security around the yeah, stadium to get their family to yeah leave. which i don't want to blame the security i don't know if they the knew, west ham fans because yeah. i don't think they knew that their families were there and they didn't want yeah. the west ham players to get involved and potentially yeah, yeah. get attacked they're trying to do their job yeah. not on the security on that one but man this is Another and uh, there, there was one West Ham fan fighting oh, the, off the it. Big Aldi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that just, if that's going to prove everything we know about warfare in that right there, he's a big man who was good in war. He's yeah, the got high the grounds. high ground yeah. and he's in a choke point. They could only get like two guys up. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was fighting perfect. people off like, it was like, like a superhero. Man. Yeah. Uh, but it's unfortunate that it seems like anywhere just, you go, there's always a group of yeah. fans who are going to behave. Mm-hmm. Abhorrently, and it's that's a little depressing. Apparently, this was supposed to be like retribution for uh, a, a very, very small group of West Ham fans verbally assaulting and maybe throwing some things at mm. Pascal Janssen's family in mm. the, the first leg. But again, that was like two, three drunk guys, right? Like, yeah. this not a, a group this of a people coming group. to attack another group. This, of like, this is group. a very different thing. It's like at least 100 people. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't want to be like, oh, it's another thing with the Dutch fans, but it is what, like the fourth or fifth time this year we're having to talk about Dutch fans causing they, problems. They want to compete and, with the French. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. No one can compete with the French. I know in England, there's been a lot of calls for there to be some repercussions for Dutch fans next year uh, as a, as a whole. At group, least for AZ it's not fans just for this. AZ, yeah. Though. Like. But this specific incident will probably get a ban for AZ at some point. AZ should, I think, at least have a game next season without home fans and probably an away fan ban for Mm -hmm. the group stage. Mm -hmm. I would expect to be the minimum that comes to them. And I bet UEFA will look at Dutch fans as a whole for away days next year. Impossible. 
but it is a shame. Like it's just something you hate to see. And it happens too much in Europe these days. Yeah, it seems like worse after the pandemic too. I agree, but um, don't retribute. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like just don't. Especially do it. if it's just like it wasn't. It sounds like it wasn't really that big a thing with mm-hmm. Pascal Janssen's family. It's just like a couple of drunk guys yeah. trying to talk shit and being drunk, right? Yeah, just it don't... wasn't an actual physical attack the way this was. Just don't be a dick. And it's also, if you lose, you lose. You yeah. lose with some grace. Yeah, don't be a dick. That's but my advice. Obviously, we know this is a minority of the odds fans. Most of them are just people who want to watch yeah. a good game and want to see their team win, and fortunately, they weren't able to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just a shame, and it puts a little cloud over the game. Yeah. Well, uh, as for the final... We're well poised for a couple of exciting finals. Good storylines. Yeah, we good should mention players. The... Yeah. Uh, Conference League final, June 7th. It's going to be in Prague, where mm-hmm. obviously West Ham, a couple of their players familiar with the arena, Sufal and Suchek. Yeah, right? a couple, of, couple of checks. Prague. Yeah, so they played at the stadium quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe that gives West Ham the upper hand, but we'll find out June 7th. All right. Uh, yeah. It's so weird that it's a whole week after the... Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, I think a nice thing to do here uh, is give, uh, give our boy Moisey a little shout out here for he had he's endured a tough season might have almost gotten fired a couple of times yeah. instead he's got his team in a european final and avoided relegation at yeah. the same time they are officially safe um right. after everton only managed a point today um and yeah the, so uh six points off couldn't they theoretically be caught by Leeds? uh no because everton have played 37 and they have oh because oh, yeah, they yeah, only yeah, picked yeah, up a point. point today good point yeah, yeah so Nottingham and West Ham are both safe as of today. Good for them. Um, yeah, and Bournemouth too. How about that for Bournemouth? But anyway, uh, they're not in our competition, so we don't give a fuck about no, them. No. Um, Maybe in a couple years, lad. So why don't we say, why don't we sign off with a, with a nice cheers to the Scot, yeah. David Moyes. Cheers, cheers David, David Moyes. Good for you. Thank you.